Today on Octal FM, Gelada and I discuss the current and future possibilities for video games as spectator sports and how they compare to more traditional sporting events. Hello and welcome to another episode of Octal FM. I'm Saffron. And I'm Gelada. And today we're going to be talking about uh, esports. But more specifically, we're going to be talking about esports as a spectator sport. Mm. What we mean by that mostly is the essence in which we watch esports like you would watch a more traditional sporting event, like uh, kind of soccer or American football or something along those kind of lines. We're not going to talk too much about um, the rise of esports, so to speak, because we kind of covered that a little bit in our MOBA episode, um, mm. which was episode 11, I believe. And we might discuss more kind of like the nitty gritty of esports later on. It was episode uh, 10. Oh, no, another episode. It was episode 10. Was it episode 10? Oh, wow. But me, we make these so quickly that I sometimes <laughs> I lose track. Uh, and plus the numbering's all all out of shape, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Someone deciding yeah. they wanted an episode zero. Start with episode zero. That sounded like a really good idea at the time. <laughs> at the time it did. In three years' time, it's going to be really awkward when it's like episode 57.5. Exactly. Anyway. So... We we're not going to be discussing esports too much. Uh, we just basically want to discuss the um, spectator side of esports because we think that's really interesting. Yeah, exactly. It's a very clear distinction. You know, uh, you know, when we talk about spectator sports and we talk about why we're why we're discussing esports in the context of whether it's a spectator sport or not. And I mean, we can't say spectator sport too much, right? Without actually defining what we mean by that because is that actually like a sort of technical definition or is it something that we're just sort of using in the way that we're describing this i think it's one of those where like there's a very broadly accepted definition of the term Mm. but not like anything kind of concrete or official really uh i mean i got a a literal definition of it from uh kind of an articles reading online which reads a spectator sport is an activity in which non-participants can observe the outcomes of the event and gain enjoyment from it I mean, that's about as official as it comes, right? That's, that's yeah. fairly... <laughs> yeah, that sounds like it's, it was set in stone. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and I guess it is a little bit subjective because you could kind of argue that almost any sports can be watched, but we're kind of talking about sports that they often have some elements of team play. They're often... What else is there? Um, kind of like, head-to-head competition rather than like points-based competition. They often have very like easy to understand objectives and like and everything is kind of relatively on the surface is relatively simple. Like you say, like they're not there's not necessarily complex um, scoring. They tend not to be judged like like I think you gave a really good example, actually, about um, how in football, for example, which obviously is a spectator sports, the scoring system is easy to understand. You score goals and it adds up in ones um, versus something that is perhaps judged. You have maybe a panel of judges giving scores based on, you know, the particular aspects or or finesse or something about the about the sport in question. Exactly. And we think that esports is something that kind of goes along with the former there in that most of them have fairly simple objectives. They also have fairly kind of easy point systems as well. So 
a lot of esports are a case of either you win or you'll lose. Like, if you want to look mm. like MOBAs, it's like when you destroy the enemy base or they destroy yours, it's a win or loss. And yeah. up until that point, it doesn't really matter about the state of the game. Whereas maybe like other kind of regular kind of events, sporting events, like the ones we've given the examples of like martial arts or fencing, is often something which is quite subjective and like is judged and you can get assigned points throughout the different parts of the game uh, and it might be like a foregone conclusion even halfway through whereas in esports it's very much a case of you defeat the enemy team or you got the payload to the end mm. or you stop the enemy from doing such a thing so it is very it's binary I suppose isn't it it's either yes or no there's no middle yeah. ground yeah and I guess that helps with that sort of understanding and comprehension and also this sort of discussion around it because it's more clear cut and so you're then sort of thinking more about how the game unfolds and that kind of thing with in the background that clearly defines score rather than the judging being being an aspect of it i mean i guess sometimes you do have elements of things like refereeing and stuff coming into that like that that's sort of subjective about because it's kind of about a connection isn't it like um sports that are judged you perhaps when you're watching them you feel a little bit less connected to it because it's about what the judges think and not about what you think as the person who's watching it whereas something that's just got scores that is not an issue and it becomes more about just supporting the game and enjoying the game and looking at how the game is unfolding and but the score is kind of there to just be like well this is exactly how it unfolded you know exactly and esports doesn't have to rely on any of that either as well. I think the the idea of mentioning referees is really important too because mm. you can't cheat in an eSport because the game yeah. stops you from doing so. And I guess you could argue like online you can maybe use like third-party kind of apps or something to allow you to cheat. But like especially on a more kind of like professional level where they get these big events that are like streamed from location or something, like they're quite heavily monitored but from an electronic point of view too. That's actually a really good point. You know, that that's a complete aspect of of sports that is just sort of taken away in fact i guess the only thing that you do still have is things around like match fixing and stuff like that but actually that's true the the play in the game is is like very very controlled and defined and is all about the the rules that have been set by the developers and that kind of thing and then perhaps it becomes then more about abusing an imbalanced character or something like that but that tends to get fixed very quickly (laughs) well yeah it does i think it's fixed very quickly or it's left there on purpose to create Mm. maybe a new environment to keep the game fresh which is something that you don't get in more traditional sports as well, which is something we can maybe discuss on another another topic. But like the fact that these games can kind of be changed almost at whim mm. and you have to abide by those new kind of parameters because well, it's part of the game. You have mm. no choice. Yeah. That freshness also makes it a good, you know, makes esports a good spectator sport as well. And I guess another thing in particular is that spectator sports need to be or are rather um, very social and, you know, things that you can enjoy and you can interact, you can interact with them or interact with friends. And I think that esports in particular makes this, the social aspect particularly easy because it's all online, right? That's the nature of the way that it is delivered. It's immediately social because you have the whole of the internet that's also socializing around it. Like, for example, if you're watching, uh, you know, a League of Legends match on Twitch, there will be the Twitch chat that's going on. And maybe that's not somewhere that you want to be socializing, depending on the type of person that you are. (laughs) But also you do have, you know, other back channels like people um, 
talking about it on Twitter and social media, um, yeah, like or Reddit even pages and stuff. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. In a more sort of hardcore world, you know, the the, the community forums and subreddits and things like that, they will be having perhaps some more in depth discussion while the matches are going on. So, and you can even get that in a more like live essence as well especially like live streams about like matches that are going on right now mm. you can join like discord servers yeah. people specifically watching that match to talk about whilst watching that match go on yeah uh, which is no real different than going down to the local pub and watching the football game mm. on the tv there and i guess you could join a discord chat to talk about football but it's the fact that esports is already integrated into that whole environment like it's part of that environment already and so it just becomes you know, it's just so integral compared to traditional sports where the online element is sort of extra to what it is yeah. because it's actually in real life. You know, the the social aspect of that more is about, is about going to the match and things like that versus Definitely. esports where it's about watching it on Twitch. And one of the other things that I really love that a lot of people do, I know uh, Tom, for example, from our mobile episode does this, in that he'll have a game of like League of Legends playing on his second monitor whilst playing League of Legends mm. with friends, discussing the match that's being played whilst also playing a match sort of thing. You know, how yeah. many sports can you watch a game and play it at the same time? <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Very you true. Know, and that that's incredibly important as well because you know you make good friends through these things too because you bond over that kind of that event like you don't necessarily need to have any other glue to hold you together you just start talking about something that you're both passionate about and then a friendship well you know blossoms from that uh, and it's amazing how many people you'll meet with similar interests to you because of events like that and that then leads on quite nicely to another thing about um, spectator sports as a whole, which esports definitely creates, is kind of like a sense of rivalry because mm. you create those groups, don't you? Like you get people following specific teams or specific players, like uh, you, you know, be it either a team-based thing like League or Overwatch, or maybe something like one-on-one thing like uh, StarCraft or something, mm, or Hearthstone. Uh, or Hearthstone, yeah, exactly. I can't, how did I forget Hearthstone? You notice how three of those games are Blizzard, yeah. Um, <laughs> They really are very good at what they do, aren't they? Mm. Um, and you follow them and you maybe like listen to their discussions on like Twitch, on YouTube, and they're like they're streaming. Uh, maybe they do like uh, an AMA session on Reddit and you follow them specifically. And then you and other people agree that, oh, they're the best player at this particular thing. And that then creates that sort of rivalry mm. and then creates a community as a whole out of it all. Yeah, and actually that also reminds me a lot about how esports has grown up in the world of social media in as well. And we've talked before, I think, about how social media sort of breaks down the boundaries. In fact, we talked about it when we were talking about community management in video games and yes. about how you can now tweet at, you know, the developer on your favourite game series and they can tweet about how they're working on a particular new area in the game or something like that and there's some similarities there like esports you know all of these players no matter how professional they're almost always certainly going to be on they're definitely going to be on twitch they're going to be on twitter and facebook and instagram and you know and that's just like standard that's not that's not uh, extra to their personality and their sort of celebrityness that is that is their bread and butter of what makes them um, a successful high profile esports player yeah. so that that like boundaries being dropped i think is a is a is a great part of it as well 
Yeah, the, the boundary is a really good word for it because then you become more invested in either that player or that team mm. and you want to watch more of their games. Mm. You know, you want to make sure that your team does well in their next, mm. like, you know, scrim match against yeah. someone, you know, and they're testing out maybe a new strategy that you've been following or that maybe really surprises you. Like, oh my God, they're, go- they're going with that hero? What the hell? Mm. Uh, and, and that creates more discussion as well. And then you can use the social media to discuss those things and... It just goes on and on from there, doesn't it? It's, mm. long, it's like a positive feedback loop where yeah. every time this happens, you just get more people want to talk about it, which means more people want to watch it. And and then it just creates this massive community for watching this wonderful esports game. And mm. although we, we, we've kind of focused more and more on the esports side of things earlier on than we expected to here, actually, but this happens in traditional sports too. Maybe not necessarily through as much electronic channels, Mm. Uh, as esports does, but it happens in in all sorts of kind of spectator sports as well. Yeah. Uh, but one thing that esports does kind of maybe do a little bit more though than other spectator sports is the accessibility to watch it, mm. like the ability to be able to just start watching what you want to watch straight away. So although like traditional sporting events have the ability to say watch it on TV, or you can maybe listen to like radio coverage or something when you're on the, in the car or something. That, and that's really important to be able to watch it. Making sure it's easy to watch is super important to both mm. the people that want to watch it, but also the people that want to sell the event. Because at the end yeah. of the day, it's all about making money, of course. But esports just goes above and beyond that with things like we've already discussed, like the streaming channels. And actually spectating video games has always been something that has been very accessible and has sort of followed along with the times. Because when you go back far enough to sort of where esports sort of began, if you like, um, a lot of it began around particular games, particularly strategy games, they would often have the ability to save a replay of the game and like a particular match that was played. And the way that they would work is instead of filming the game, it would actually just record all of the details about what was going on, because obviously the whole thing is digital. You know, you don't actually need to film it. You can just record all the actions that the players took and replay that back in the game. And you will basically replicate the same match once again. Which was great in for two different reasons. One in the sense that it was incredibly bandwidth efficient, especially back in, you know, you're going back, say, 10, 15 years here, maybe even more so, actually, mm. where you had very limited internet access, even for file sizes back then, like video file sizes even back then were obviously smaller, but you know, even then, trying to upload video files on 56k modems for example just really wasn't possible yeah it was basically impossible whereas these replays would be essentially the size of a document or something you know exactly. they'd be so they'd be small like 10 to 15 kilobytes on average yeah, exactly. maybe sometimes bigger depending on the game but one of the other benefits to that way of doing things is that because you are watching it within the game itself rather than say just a video file of the game played you had access to the game itself so you could have the replay playing but then you could look where you want to look rather than mm. necessarily where the people who were playing were looking. So you can see something. And like the, the one I always had the most experience with, and I'm sure this frame is probably the same for you as well, was um, Command and Conquer, specifically mm. Generals, because that's one of the ones that we kind of got into, wasn't it? Mm. And you had the ability to kind of customize what you watched while it was playing out. So you weren't forced into one angle of viewing. Mm. And all that just from a small video, sorry, from a small, you know, file that you just popped in a folder on your computer, loaded up the game, and then you could watch it. Yeah, and I think that that heritage of being able to see anything and being able to see extra information about the game while you're watching the replay, I think a lot of that has carried on as well. Because now when you watch esports, you're not 
watching it within the game, or you te- or very rarely are you watching it from within the game, and instead you're watching a, a video stream on Twitch because it's so much cheaper now, and, and bandwidth is so much cheaper and more readily available that you don't need to own the game or open up the game to watch something, and that's also helps you know with watching things on different devices like on your phone or something like that. The game doesn't need to be running, but still, nonetheless, when you watch it, you get to see extra information about. For example, in League of Legends, you would be able to see what items the different players have taken. If you were watching Counter Strike, you get to see how much health they've all got. You get to see the mini map, you know, as if you were actually playing the game.、Um, so all of those kinds of things have kind of followed on from that because the technology allows, because it's a game. You know, there's all this control, which is something that we're going to come onto. But yeah, so once you, you know, you had these replays, and then from there you had. People would often provide commentary, you know, voice commentary over these replays, and actually, that's where, if you like, shoutcasting, which is the sort of technical term for commentators on esports, that's where it kind of originally came from. And that that was primarily because, again, audio files were much smaller than video files,、mm. and it was much easier to kind of like record that and upload that. And then, if you wanted to just see the replay, you could. If you wanted to add the commentary on it from someone you maybe cared about, be it the player or maybe、mm. someone on like a forum, game forums were the main way of discussing things back then、mm. to listen to their thoughts on things. Yeah, and that certainly was the the very beginning of. Esports commentary,、mm. really, wasn't it? And again, that still exists as well because you can go onto Twitch when a when there's a you know a big final or a big match going on, and you can see not only the official one, but you'll also see recasts of that match with other people, maybe like you know particular high profile、uh, streamers, or maybe people in different languages providing commentary in other languages, and it'll all be the same match that they are that they're streaming, and that's kind of a similar thing, you know, going. Going back, where you could get different commentaries for different matches and different replays, and then what you would tend to have, you know, you would have these matches which would be going on behind the scenes. You wouldn't be able to watch them live、uh, because there was no facility to watch a game live. So instead, you would wait until the match was over, and then the replay would become available, and you could watch the replay. And then these brackets or whatever would then often culminate in perhaps having a final. Um, at a LAN party or something, you know that kind of those kinds of events, which again is very similar to now. You know, you do have a lot of matches still that are just played online, particularly for some of the, you know, the sort of lower profile games. So if you're watching something that's like maybe Smash Brothers or a particular RTS or something like that, the tournaments will still take place fully online. Um, with commentators maybe just watching it live using the facilities that are available now to watch games as they're being played out over the internet. But yeah, you still have that. You have that same sort of thing where he now culminates in massive finals in in sports arenas, right? Yeah, which is something we touched on in our MOBA episode, and one of the other things we're going to go on to later as well.、Mm. These big finals are now such massive events that there's there's so much money involved, and that's really what's now driving esports from that history、mm. into the spectator sport that we're talking about now. Yeah, because it's interesting. We talk. About esports as if it's this thing that's quite well established now, but actually we're so early on in the in e in esports history. You know, money is only really just in the past few years is only really coming into esports in a big way. And you know, and you compare that to something like football or or tennis or something like that, where you know it's been there for a very long time. We're really at a very early and exciting stage. Very much so. And for me, I'm really excited about esports as a spectator sport for. 
all the same reasons that we've discussed about what already makes a good eSport for other things as well. So accessibility is the main one for me. Like one of the things that I love about being able to watch eSports, not that I watch a great deal in all fairness, but when Mm. I do, I know I can watch it from practically any internet-enabled device. Mm. Like I don't have to be sat at my computer desk. Like don't get me wrong, my computer desk is comfortable, but with these kind of events, especially if you want to watch with friends as well, it's nice to be able to sit and watch it, you know, on the couch. You know, so I just want to sit down, chill out, and stick on a stream of like, you know, what the Overwatch finals are and watch that with my friend. And I can do because I've got my the accessibility of my PlayStation. You know, yeah. I can watch it. Th- Twitch is on my PlayStation. But maybe like I'm commuting and I'm on the train, and you know, and you you know you can watch it whilst you you know on the train commuting to work, and you can catch up on like that big match that you didn't get a chance to watch yet on your phone. Yeah, exactly. And th- and that's part of it as well. It's not only that it's easy to watch on any device as it's being broadcast, but also getting that that video on demand stuff is also really easy because of the nature of the way that it's been streamed. You know, it's streamed on Twitch where you have the ability to save these, you know, videos down. You know, all of that stuff, it's just that technology platform compared to conventional television. And also for me, I think what's, you know, like you say, you know that you can always watch it on any device, but also you know that you can always watch whatever game you want to watch because mm. it's so accessible, not just for you to consume, but also for people to produce. It's so easy to have a stream of any game or any competition that's going on. You know, hell, if you ran, hypothetically, if you ran like a local tournament for some game that you, you know, you had a bunch of friends that you that they enjoyed the game and you played it or whatever and you ran a tournament you would be able to stream it on Twitch. It wouldn't really be that hard. You don't need, you know, TV gear and, you know, a studio and lighting yeah. and, and loads of people. You just need, you know, some software and some technical know-how and you can stream that, you know, in a, a, a webcam or something. And that's at the low end. And then if you yeah. want to go to the high end, you can go as massive as these, you know, 20,000 plus attended, mm. you know, sporting arenas that are broadcasting to literally millions of people around the world. Exactly. Like but, it doesn't matter. It's completely scalable. Yeah. And it's that classic thing about the internet where it's like people like niches always work on the internet. You know, if you've got like some obscure game, it's always going to be there. There's always going to be stuff about it. Um, And even if it's not obscure, you know, like I know that I can always go onto Twitch and there's going to be some people playing Heroes of the Storm, which is not as big as League of Legends by a long shot, but there's still loads there all the time. You know, you never, I'm never like, oh, it's not actually the time for Heroes right now. It's actually like League of Legends is on right now and I have to wait until, you know, for a few hours and then they're showing Heroes of the Storm. Exactly. And you can choose what you want to watch whenever you want to watch it. And one of the other things about esports, particularly over traditional side sports, is that it's almost always free. And if it isn't free, there's usually only a very low cost for optional subscription services too. So obviously we keep using Twitch as the main example because it kind of is the main example. But, you know, you you don't have to pay a thing. You just don't even need an account for crying out loud. You just go onto the website (laughs) and start watching and you watch what you want to watch without any penalty whatsoever. Mm. And that is so massive by comparison to trying to watch any other sporting event. And the fact that you can also do that whilst also watching past events as well. It doesn't matter when you start watching it. If you want to watch like a, a kind of a logged version of it, you can do yeah. It's so inclusive. Everything yeah. it doesn't exclude any fan for any reason. Mm. If you want to watch something, if you want to get into the game, there's almost no barrier to it. Yeah. You just have to have an internet connection and, a, and an internet dev- capable device. Yeah, and this is something that, at the risk of sounding like a really old person, um, this is something that I think is particularly relevant to the 
obviously younger demographic and it's not like super younger like we are the right demographic for esports because we've grown up with video games but also the demographic isn't much older than us (laughs) it's like video on demand is now the demographic isn't it yeah like you know it's that's so important to young people you know that something is is low cost and and, or 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 completely free you know that is bound to be more enticing than something that you need a subscription to watch and one of the other things that makes um, that streaming side of things really powerful that we've already touched on as well is the fact that because it's part of an electronic game which is often, well, almost exclusively broadcast electronically, the game developers can add esports functionalities into their games directly. Hmm. So you can make it so that when you are, say, streaming this, a live game, you can determine what is seen by the viewers you can either make them see everything you can only make them see certain things but it also doesn't matter at all where the event is like if it's in korea i can watch it no problem the only real limitation is the time difference i suppose if they're doing it in the afternoon it's going to be early morning for me or something but that doesn't matter at all and neither do things like language and weather and you know how far away a stadium is from where you live or anything none of these things matter because it's all built into the games nowadays Mm. like so many of the big esports games that are played have it built in directly now don't they yeah absolutely um you know i mean and also the game developers tend to actually be involved in the esports events as well so you know riot are involved in managing the the setup of the tournaments and things like that so to make sure that everything is exactly you know it's very controlled it's very you know everything is controlled all aspects of it are controlled um like you say you know it doesn't matter if it's raining or anything like that it always and i suppose the biggest reason for that is the fact that like no one owns football or yeah. baseball but someone owns league of legends and someone yeah. owns overwatch which is a really interesting like that's such a huge difference and you don't really think about it but the way that these are about like commercial entities compared to something that is a concept like a like a traditional sport you know you can't play league of legends without playing league of legends <laughs> like there's not it's not a thing on its own yes and that almost addresses one of the next kind of bits that we probably skirted around more than we should have done. And we, we definitely skirted around the MOBA episode as well, mm. is it's the idea of the elephant in the room. Mm. And that we're very much aware that we're comparing esports to traditional sports. Mm. Can they be compared? That's the, that's the kind of the big thing, isn't it? Yeah, and it is the big question. You know, even now as things grow and, you know, you, this esports is selling out, you know, real sports, traditional sports venues, you know, there is still a, a lot of confusion around that, around, you know, is it a sport? Like, how is it a sport? How can you have a commercial game that's owned by a company be classified as a sport, you know? And and, when, and we say esports as a whole, when actually we're talking about very different games and very different things. Yeah, that would definitely. be like saying ball sports to encompass like football and tennis and rugby and all of that kind of thing. Like that's, that's the sort of, it's a weird categorization to say esports. And I guess that's partially because it's relatively speaking, it's still quite small. So yeah. you do, you, you can't just talk about Counter-Strike or something like that. And maybe you'll get to a point where there is more distinction between that. So rather mm. than saying esports, you would say you would say the Counter-Strike games yeah. you know, or you would say the League games, whereas mm. now it's very much under one umbrella, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I think that and all of these things just sort of contribute to a general lack of understanding. And I think people still don't necessarily take it that seriously because... You know, it is ultimately video games and there's still, no matter how better the world gets about video games, there's still plenty of stigma there about that. 100%. One of the things that I wanted to be very clear on as well is that I would never consider 
even the most high, highly paid and professional esport players to be athletes, because mm. I think that that's a very much a uh, a negative, almost an insult to it to what an athlete is and what it does. Because an athlete has to train their body so perfectly, you know, they they have to do everything to get their body to literal peak perfic- efficiency to mm. be able to do what they do at the best possible level they can do it. And although there is some level of like kind of physical training required by top esports players, like they do have controlled diets, you know, they are encouraged to exercise because the whole idea of a healthy body, healthy mind sort of thing, mm. they're not on the same level whatsoever. But then one of the things that we mentioned in the notes there is that, well, neither are things like professional poker players or mm. chess players, because they're more mind games, but you wouldn't really consider calling them not a sport would you Mm, no you would still say that they're sports they're still you know there's plenty of sports unlike things like snooker and stuff like that you know there's plenty of sports that aren't physically demanding um in a in a very sort of like high energy way you know i would say that there's plenty of aspects to esports that are sort of not that's the thing isn't it it's not necessarily physically demanding it's more mentally demanding um and they're that's very the draining sort of as well like, yeah you think some of these teams have to play for hours on end because they do it's not just play one game and done you're playing like a best of five or yeah. a best of seven or point space where you're playing for hours and hours of time and it's so draining on you on you mentally mm, uh, yeah. and they've got to be very resilient to that as well uh and you it's also a game for a fairly young players as well like you kind of grow out of the uh the, the professional level quite quickly because of the fact absolutely. that your, your reflexes go down quite quickly yeah absolutely i mean there's been there's been plenty of studies to you know done about uh you know peak reflex time of being about i don't know your early 20s or whatever and then it's just kind of downhill from there yeah pretty much you know and, and you're you're fighting that to some extent um and i think that perhaps esports is a little less forgiving in that sense and and that perhaps also contributes to the lack of sort of understanding about how serious it is because yeah. you've generally got you know the players are generally very young like there's plenty of teenagers that are professional esports players you know that like the oldest is kind of like 27 and most yeah. are way younger than that like that's an extreme end and i think that that probably doesn't help as well because that also changes some stuff around things to do with the way that the teams work as well. Like I found this out recently, like that, you know, there's a lot of drama in esports, team drama and stuff like that. And you think, well, part of that is perhaps to do with the ages. Yeah. The ages of the players. Like it's understandable that that's going to be the case. You know, it's sort of, you put a bunch of teenagers in a room together sooner or later they're all going to start you know being best friends and then tomorrow they're going to hate each other yeah i I guess that does happen with almost anybody but like particularly teenagers yeah exactly you know and so but above above all else like we're saying all of these things and we're sort of like well you know that there's a there's a lot of confusion about it like they're not really athletes blah 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 but at the end of the day like does it matter like if esports is a successful thing and there's lots of money in it and people enjoy it does it matter does it need to be the on the same level as sports does it or is it just actually a different thing I'd say it's its own thing, and mm. I think over time that distinction is going to become more and more clear. And maybe you get like a different term being used for it rather than esports, or esports does kind of like separate itself enough from traditional sports that there's no confusion there. Mm. But it doesn't really matter because it's still at the end of the day, it's still a great spectator sport as we've t- as we've discussed already. That's really easy to get into, and there's so much depth to, and plenty of choice for as well. So mm. I guess it doesn't really matter as long as you don't take too you know, unkindly to that. Dist- uh, those similarities yeah absolutely and i think that esports has a you know 
it has a really bright future, right? Like there's there's 100%. so much going on right now. I mean, I, I, I mean, was, you've said yourself already that it's such a young thing. Mm. You know, gaming is very young and spectating of esports is even younger mm. and it's only going to keep growing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I went to... Um, I went to the Fnatic. Fnatic is a, a massive esports team and also a brand as well. They they make their own products and stuff like that. And I went to their pop up um, shop in Shoreditch in London, where they have a whole bunch of their own gear for sale. There's a bar there, um, and there's also like they're streaming Twitch on projectors on the wall all the time. And there's a whole bunch of PCs there where you can play games and stuff like that. And they run competitions and things like that. Like that, those kinds of little places springing up is just a sign of how, how much, how rich this ecosystem is becoming to be able to have places like that. There's also like the loading bar, which is also in London, which is like a bar that has, you know, lots of esports going on and lots of that kind of thing going on. And people can go there to chat about that. You know, when we talked about a little bit about going to the pub and, you know, watching the game and stuff like that, yeah. these are like the same thing, but on a uh, on an esports level. And they're sort of slanted that way in the sense that they'll often have like consoles and arcade machines and things like yeah. that. You know, it's sort of that whole vibe and that whole sort of culture. And that's very tip of the iceberg stuff as well. Like these are kind of like your forerunners. That, yeah, that absolutely. Kind of like the, they're having a feel. They're kind of seeing what works, seeing what yeah, doesn't work. Definitely. Maybe what's not economically viable to do. But you're going to get more and more of these. They're going to be coming, you know, very more, more popular. I mean, it's already the case that things like um, kind of big PC cafes in like Korea are yeah. such a massive thing. Absolutely. And although that doesn't necessarily take as much root here in the West, like it has in like Korea and China specifically. It's only a matter of time until it does, in my opinion, because there's just far too much money involved for bigger companies to not get behind this. Yeah. Um, and you're going to start seeing, I mean, we did some research as well early, didn't we, that you're going to start seeing kind of like esports arenas start popping up, mm. um, be it either temporary ones or even permanent ones. I know there's a couple of permanent ones in like America already that are designed specifically for that in mind. Yeah, exactly. And I think that also you touch on a really good point mentioning career there, because that's where you, if you want to think about like, oh, well, what is the future of esports, then that's where you want to look. Because, you know, over, over there, this stuff is so much bigger already, you know, everything from much higher profile sponsorships. So, you know, we're already seeing that to some extent, but it's still largely most of the sponsors are, um, you know, technology related, like you'll see sponsorships of Corsair, the people that make, you know, computer components will sponsor a, an esports team. But over in Korea and, and places like that, you've got much higher profile, like things like um, Samsung, for example. In fact, I found out I was talking to one of the staff members at the Fnatic Bunker and like there is a Samsung Galaxy team, you know, like that's the name of the yeah. team because that's who they're sponsored by. And it's like specifically the, the Galaxy phones. It's just, yeah, it's just literally named after a product. You know, that's how high profile that sponsorship is. Um, and also, like, I expect that as this gains in popularity, we'll see more, you know, higher profile, higher celebrity status players, you know, people maybe even being household names. Definitely. I mean, that's, like you said, that is starting to take kind of shape in Korea, has been for a few years now where, like, you know, the big stars are on billboards and, you know, they're on TV commercials selling mm. you things like shampoo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and that's only going to get bigger. I mean, you see, uh, like Tom, for example, in our mobile episode mentioned that you're getting more traditional sports teams kind of mm. sponsoring or outright purchasing esports teams yep. and having like their names emblazoned on like jerseys and stuff that they wear whilst playing the games. So it's the just it's it really is just the sky's the limit for esports yeah. uh, in that sense as well. It's also the sky's the limit for the, the esports as as a as a kind of 
existence itself, like a, as a thing. But it's also for the players too. Like the sky is the limit at the moment. Like to get into it, it's very much a case of you play through the kind of like the in-game ladders and you climb the ranks and stuff like that. And you kind of like you join teams through relatively informal means, you know. And then you kind of like word of mouth and stuff. But maybe that doesn't stay that way forever. Maybe we get into almost a more traditional sports method of joining kind of professional teams where you mm. go and train to be a professional esports player like you would do for, say, something like football or baseball or something. Do we start maybe getting university courses in something like this? Do we get scholarship things mm. like you do with like American football in, in mm. uh, American universities? It's, it's possible. Yeah, because at the moment teams esport teams tend to form around you know a group of friends playing a game maybe they will you know go to local tournaments and things like that and sort of win those and then eventually they will tend what tends to happen if if a local you know small time team is very successful they'll often get absorbed into one of these larger brands you know people like Fnatic and Dignitas and Liquid and so on and so forth you know especially if it's a, a game that they're not already involved in that's the sort of route right now if you want to get involved in esports yeah, it's sort of like you know you find some friends you play together you know you start to do local tournaments you win those and you work your way up that way um you get noticed eventually and then you sort of get plonked into the semi-pro world where, you you know, you're training all day and you're going to tournaments all around the world. Um, but like you say, maybe that's, you know, maybe that's not necessarily how it's always going to be. Maybe it's going to become more professional in terms of the path that you take into esports as well. Sky's the limit. Really yeah. is. Um, it's genuinely quite exciting to be part of it. Yeah, to absolutely. Be, like, to be on the frontier of it, so to speak, mm. you know, like at the very uh, cutting edge of everything. And no matter how it goes, no matter the similarities you want to make between video games and traditional sports, I'm excited to see which way it goes, and I'm glad I get to be a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. This is such a... It's such an exciting time to be a gamer. You know, Definitely. not only do we have video games in general and just, you know, just the huge popularity of video games right now compared to, what you know, going going back and discussing our sort of history about old consoles and stuff. And when you think about what things were like back then and thinking about it now and how much high profile video games are, how much of a bigger thing it is in our, in our culture in general, all of that. Plus also you've got esports going on, you know, and the development of that as a thing is just, it's just a, a super exciting time that's for sure 100 percent. watch this space absolutely i wonder what we'll be covering about esports in you know a few years time on octal fm where we'll, yeah, where it'll be then <laughs> hell we might maybe do an on the site reporting you know maybe at an event or something yeah that'd be pretty cool that would be, that'd cool. be pretty pretty neat i need little microphones with octal fm written on them oh see that's the future and oh, we're going to look back on this episode in five years time and go well obviously duh, but, I mean happens. our logo is a microphone so you know we're kind of halfway there <laughs> yeah exactly we're nearly there well let us know if you've got any thoughts on esports you know maybe you've got an idea of where it's going or maybe you don't agree and you think maybe esports shouldn't be considered a sport and it's nothing like a traditional sporting event or spectating sports you know yeah. let us know or maybe you think that um that you don't you don't agree with Seth and that actually they are athletes um, because I know that play, I think that's quite a controversial view because I think yeah. that quite a lot of people do consider them athletes so that's really interesting but yeah let let us know uh, you can email us at show at octal.fm and you can contact us on Twitter you can't rant at Seth about his athlete comment uh, because he's not on Twitter it's keep himself safe from that he can just say hey. these things without impunity um, is it without impunity or with impunity with impunity. with impunity with impunity you can say these things with impunity but yeah we're at octal fm on twitter 
And don't forget, you can always go back and watch our past episodes uh, on our website, which is octal.fm, in particular, the ones that we've referenced. Um, so I'm w- just going to point out that you said watch our past episodes when this is a podcast. Oh, my God. I'm just lo- losing it at the end <laughs> right now. Um, but yeah, you can go and listen to the episodes like uh, the MOBA episode, um, the episode about video games, consoles, you know, all of that kind of stuff is quite interesting. Well, obviously, they're uh, interesting. With all that, with all the things we just discussed, I'm really looking forward to maybe doing an esports-specific episode as well. And maybe even breaking down, like, the different styles of esports and, like, how they're played and kind of what's appealing about each individual type. Yeah, definitely, because there's so much, you know, there's so a lot of difference between games like League of Legends and games like Counter-Strike. And, you know, definitely. things like Counter-Strike have been around so much longer as an e- as a esports and as a spectator sport compared yeah, to newer yeah. games like League of Legends. And there's a lot of really interesting differences there as well. So, yeah, watch this space for more esports discussions. Yeah. I've been Sefran. And I've been Gelada. And we hope you enjoyed uh, our very much a random times, actually, about <laughs> this episode on spectating video games. Yeah, catch you again soon. I'm ready when you are. Cool. Um, okay. What are we go. talking about again? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that'll do.